Pastor Jensen Franklin says prayer and fasting were a big part of Jesus' life. Why should it be such a small part of yours? If Jesus needed to fast, how much greater is our need to fast? Today, we're going to talk about fasting and its importance to our leadership. You're listening to the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Well, hey everyone, today what I want to do is talk to you about fasting. I want to circle back and go to verse 4 and take a little bit more time, a deeper dive into this area that we haven't really discussed yet, fasting. I know some of you were just hoping I would skip it because we love food so much, but here's the deal. I think this subject is so important when it comes to leadership and when it comes to leading that we shouldn't just breeze by it. You know, Charles Spurgeon said, prayer links us to heaven and fasting separates us from earth. That's a good quote. Prayer links us from heaven. Fasting separates us from earth. You know, as Christians, we have three enemies of our soul, Satan, the world and the flesh, right? We need to know how to fight these enemies in the spiritual realm. We're doing a spiritual thing, being leaders of God's church, and we fight against Satan. And the way that we do that is the word of God. We see Jesus do this. Satan, the Bible declares, is a liar. He is a liar. And so we can fight him with the truth of God's word. And we see Jesus do that. Uh, One way that we fight the world, the world has to do with this culture's aspect is, is contrary to godliness. It, it approves of sinful behavior. We, we fight the world by practicing the discipline of holiness in community. Being in community helps us to have loving accountability, helps us to walk in purity, and we're able to do uh, these things in community through God's local church and fight the culture uh, or the world ways of the the ways of the world the system of the world uh, but lastly we have this flesh our internal and struggle it's it's our old man it's our desires to rebel against God we've been set free from the slavery of sin the Bible says but we still need to walk in obedience in the Holy Spirit and Paul had this struggle with this fleshly desire the what the Bible calls the flesh in Romans 7 he's like I, I want to do this but I don't and I don't want to do this but I end up doing it well one of the great ways we fight our flesh, is through fasting, through walking in the spirit in this practical spiritual discipline. You see, through fasting, we're not saying no, we're saying no to a desire that we truly need food, but we're saying yes to a spirit. So we're saying no to something and yes to something, no to our flesh, yes to the spirit. When you and I fast, we're actually actively saying no to a natural desire to pursue the things of the spirit. As you practice fasting, you get stronger in the spirit. And I recommend people that struggle with pornography or glutton or things of the flesh, personal struggles of theirs, to actually practice fasting because you can show yourself that in the spirit of God you are strong and your spirit is stronger than your flesh. You could deny your flesh and do well spiritually. We as Americans, we need to learn that godliness comes not just from learning and worshiping of the mind, right? All the stuff that we know about God, but it comes through obedience application and even physical denial of our belly that's right saying no to food it's something that we may not understand completely but when what Jesus wants us to practice he said in Matthew chapter 6 and when you fast verse 14 or verse 15 but when you fast and so as leaders we need to stop we need to study about fasting as well when we talk about prayer Nehemiah said in verse 4 that he took time to fast and pray 
So last episode, we did an episode really on the importance of prayer and how it was our first priority. But now what I want to do is highlight fasting because he fasted and prayed. Let me read verse four for you, uh, because when Nehemiah got this bad news, he fasted and prayed. As soon as I heard these words, I sat down, I wept, I mourned for days. Remember, God will give you a burden. He'll give you problems that he wants you to see to fix. And the first response should be fasting and praying. He said, I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. We looked at Nehemiah's prayer last week, but what I want to do is give us three points of what fasting is and three points of what fasting isn't today to encourage us all to fast in our leadership. Uh, three things that we're to do, uh, what what it is, and three things what it is not. Now, I'm going to use a lot of quotes from a pastor named Jensen Franklin uh, in his book on fasting. Sometimes I think it's helpful to just pick up a book on a subject that we want to learn from. And for many of us, we don't know a lot about fasting. Maybe it wasn't in our spiritual heritage or, or we have a hard time recognizing it. Some some of us don't know about uh, silence and solitude or, or practicing generosity. And I would recommend just pick up someone who's been gifted on that, getting some revelation on that, talk to a mentor about those subjects, and we should learn. So I would recommend you do that for any topic and I'll just be using a lot of quotes from him because it seems like the Lord has given him a lot of revelation about this subject. But I do want to warn you, uh, I like what Donald Whitney says in his book, Spiritual Disciplines, because that's what we're talking about, a spiritual discipline of fasting. He says, reading about prayer instead of praying will simply not do. But reading about prayer in addition to praying can be a valuable way to learn. Remember, we're talking about fasting because we want to act on this. We don't just want to talk about the subject. I want to challenge you today by the end of this episode to actually schedule a time to fast, to take some people in your church, some leaders, some friends, your spouse, whoever may be, and to fast. Well, to start our conversation, this subject, let's talk about what fasting is. Three things what fasting is. First off, a definition. Fasting is not eating food to seek God's presence and will in our lives. Fasting is not eating food, abstaining from food to seek God, spiritual things, his presence and his will in our lives. To abstain from all uh, or some kind of food and drink, especially as a religious observance. Okay, You can fast from TV, you can fast from video games and, and, and whatever it may be to abstain from those things. And that's a good thing. But biblically speaking, when we talk about fasting, it is talking about food, a thing that you desire and need for your body. It's important as we fast to pray and to seek God's presence and will in our lives. And I say this sort of sadly because right now the world has actually made fasting more popular than the church. Because fasting, they scientifically have spoken and did research, it's actually healthy for you. to You know, people actually do it right now. It's a fad to like lose weight or for health reasons, I'm fasting. I'm just doing a Daniel fast and, and eating fruits and vegetables. But no, no, no. We need to make sure that when we're fasting, we're praying. We're seeking God, his presence. We're saying no to the flesh and yes to the spirit. Jensen Franklin says, unless you put prayer with your fasting, there is no need to fast. I have a friend who often says, if you aren't praying when you're fasting, you're just starving yourself. 
The reason why you couple fasting and prayer is because when you get those hunger pains, you complement it with prayer. Fasting and prayer go hand in hand. The purpose of a biblical fast is to seek God. And so you have to pray when you fast. When you get those hunger pains, when you say no to the flesh, then you fill up your spirit by submitting your will to God and being in his presence through prayer. So that's what fasting is. Fasting is not eating food to seek God's presence or um not eating food to seek God's presence and will for our lives. The second thing fasting is, is we have to understand it's a spiritual discipline. It's a spiritual discipline. Second uh, Timothy four, seven uh, through eight says, train yourselves for godliness, train, equip, do the work for while bodily training is of some value. Godliness is of value in every way. And it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. There is something important that we are doing when we fast as we deny our flesh. You understand that we are both spiritual and physical beings. We are denying our flesh to strengthen our spirit. And this is a good practice for us. Just like reading scripture is, or studying scripture, meditating on scripture, just like fellowship and going to a church service, praising God and worshiping, giving, serving, all these spiritual disciplines are for our benefit. Pastor Jensen again says, fasting is not a requirement, it is a choice. It is a vow you choose to make to pursue God on a deeper level. The entire time that you are on a fast, you are acknowledging God. When you are feeling hungry, empty, and weak, you connect with God without all the clutter. Practicing this spiritual discipline should help you grow in your faith and relationship with God. Thirdly, fasting is hard. Fasting is hard but it's worth it. It's worth it. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him and fasting. I'm seeking him through prayer. I'm denying my flesh and he will reward us. It is hard. We have to understand that just like any other discipline, fasting can be hard and that's okay. You, you realize we were made to eat, but Jesus told us we actually thrive when we pursue him and not the things of the flesh. You know, he said he is the bread of life. He said that he gets some strength, not just by eating, but doing the will of his father. As we seek God in this way through fasting and prayer, his presence sustains us and the spirit helps us to pray and do the will of Lord. The greatest reward is God himself. And as we seek him, we are promised to find him in this verse. Pastor Jensen says the secret to tapping into the spirit supernatural is for you to have the courage to do the natural first. Do you have the courage to say no to food? We just got to take the time to seek God in the ways he calls us to. And fasting is one of those ways he calls us as a spiritual discipline to abstain from food and to seek his will. As we seek God in this way, it actually makes a difference because God hears our prayers. Fasting is something Nehemiah did as a leader he prays, he ponders, he practices fasting. So much so that people that were following Nehemiah fasted as well. In Nehemiah chapter 9, uh, verse 1, it says, Now on the 24th day of this month, the people of Israel were assembled with fasting and in sackcloth and with earth on their heads. Nehemiah fasted in secret. And yet we see through this book, his followers followed in his ways. This is an important reminder for us as leaders. As church leaders, people will follow our lives or our patterns. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 6, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. Pray to your Father who is in secret, and your God who sees in secret will reward you. 
I believe that if we want the people of uh, the people we're discipling to grow, we're going to have to grow. If we want to have our disciples to be spiritual and to be praying and giving and loving, well, we need to be spiritual. We need to be praying, giving and loving as well. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. When we go into our secret place and fast and pray and take our burden to God, people will follow our example. So Nehemiah fasted and saw God work. And then the people fasted and cried out to God. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.13, follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. There is a pattern that we are setting. And if we want people to follow us, we need to understand we need to be setting the pace and an example. And if you want followers to be spiritual, you need to be spiritual. They're following our lives. As we seek God and his authority and submission to him, they'll seek God. And it will be a great witness for them to seek God as well. Now, briefly, That's what fasting is. Let me clarify and give you three things fasting is not. Fasting is not when it comes to fasting. Fasting is not earning God's righteousness or love. Fasting is not earning God's righteousness or love. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. I think we know this, but practically we need to understand this. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works or not a result of fasting or your own righteousness so that no one may boast. God doesn't love you less or more whether you fast or not. We are not Uh, We are saved and sustained by his grace. We are not saved by our own works. We have to understand and clarify this is why it's a spiritual discipline because it helps our faith grow, but we are converted, uh, covered with God's unconditional love no matter what we do. So you don't fast to try to get love and favor. You do it, you fast to seek God and to enjoy his love and favor. So fasting is not earning God's righteousness and love. You're not doing it to do that. You're responding to God's righteousness, love, and you're fasting and praying. Second thing is fasting is not twisting God's arm. You're not manipulating God by saying no to food. Fasting should be a part of our worship, not something we do just to get things. Oftentimes they say, well, if I'm a good boy or if I do this, then God has to do that. No, fasting provides an opportunity for us to surrender our lives to God's will. In fact, God rebukes the people of Israel that fasted just to get things and not seek his will in their lives. Listen to this, Isaiah 58, verse 4 through 6. Behold, this is God speaking, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with the wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice be heard on high. Is such the fast that I have chosen a person uh, for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down like... um, a head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him. Will you call this a fast a day of acceptable to the Lord? He's saying, listen, are you just going to just call this a fast? You're just doing all the sacrifice to get something. He says in verse six, is not this the fast that I have chosen that I choose to loosen bound the bonds of the wickedness to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppression go free and to break every yoke. God is saying, I desire worship. I desire obedience. I desire holiness. Fasting has to do, has to be a part of that, not just to get some stuff. Now, listen, we do pray and we do ask and we petition. That's okay. But we don't manipulate and twist God's arm. We, when we fast, we pray and we say, thy will be done. When we humble ourselves before the Lord in this way to receive his grace, James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. God will give us grace as we humble ourselves and say, God, do a work. I need you to do this work. 
So yes, God does answer our prayers, but it's by his grace and not our efforts, by his will and perfect perfect plan, not just by our plan or us doing some things. Lastly, last fasting is not something that we brag about. It's not something we brag about. Matthew chapter 6, verse 17 through 18, Jesus said, but when you fast, remember again, it's when, not if, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Although we can fast with others, we don't do it for others, right? Fasting is for us seeking God's presence and his will, and it is a gift. It's not something that we brag about doing it. We don't boast in our fasting, our efforts, our ability. It should cause us to be humble and to boast in the Lord. Lastly, Pastor Jensen says prayer and fasting were a big part of Jesus' life. Why should, uh, why should it be a small part of yours? If Jesus needed to fast, how much greater is our need to fast? Man, I hope today's episode caused you to not only think about fasting, but again, encourages you to practice it. Remember, we must practice it just like Nehemiah and Jesus did. It doesn't have to be for 40 days. It could be for four hours, a lunch, a meal, maybe for four days. I would suggest that you schedule a time in your calendar to fast and to pray. John Piper says this about how planning is important for our prayer life. He says, unless I'm badly mistaken... One of the main reasons so many of God's children don't have a significant prayer life is not so much that we don't want to, but we don't plan to. If you want to take a four-week vacation, you don't just get up one summer morning and say, hey, let's go today. You won't have anything ready. You won't know where to go. Nothing has been planned. But that is how many of us treat prayer. We get up day after day and realize a significant time of prayer should be a part of our life, but nothing's ever ready. We don't know where to go. Nothing has been planned. No time, no place, no procedure. And and we all know that the opposite of planning is not a wonderful flow of deep, spontaneous experiences of prayer. The opposite of planning is a rut. If you don't plan a vacation, uh, if you don't plan a vacation, you probably stay home and watch TV. The natural, unplanned flow of spiritual life sinks in the lowest ebb of vitality. There is a race to be run, a fight to be fought. And if you want to, uh, renewal in your life of prayer, you must plan to see it. Wow. That is a solid paragraph. I love that illustration. Listen, don't be afraid to plan out your prayer time and your fasting. Systematically here at Redemption Church, we fast and pray every first Thursday of the month. We tell people to take that day. You can fast all day. You can fast a meal and we're going to come together that night and pray. We have an annual 21 days of prayer and fasting that we've teamed and partnered with other local churches in our area and saying that 21 days, you could do a Daniel fast. You can pray fast for three days, for 10 days. You can have worship nights, prayer nights. We're going to make opportunity so that you can schedule some time to fast and pray. And so that way we can actually match our systems with our values, the things that we long in our heart to make the time we can schedule that in. I usually fast personally every time I teach through a new series to have God prepare the way for that series in the word of God. We need to systematically in our lives schedule things out and that includes fasting along with our spontaneous times of fasting and prayer as well. And so Jay Oswald Sanders says this, mastering the art of prayer like any other art will take time and the amount of time we allocate to it will be the true measure of our uh, conception of its importance. We contrive to find time for what 
which we deem most important. So ask another coworker, another fellow laborer, a spouse, a friend to fast with you. Try it. Don't be scared. Lead in a godly way like Nehemiah did with fasting and praying and let us learn to fast and pray in our leadership and allow God to work through our prayers. Join us for a conversation with Pastor Daniel and his dad, Pastor Joe Williams, as they share a pastoral perspective on the book of Nehemiah. Well, we're back at it again, getting wisdom and insight from Pastor Joe Williams and uh, excited to talk about fasting. This is something a lot of people don't talk about uh, or even practice at times, but it's a very important aspect of the Christian faith and in leadership. Uh, We see Nehemiah not only prayed, but it also says he fasted. He fasted. And in the Bible study, we defined what fasting is, abstaining from food, seeking God. But for you... Uh, Daddy, how does prayer and fasting sort of go hand in hand? How do those things go hand in hand, prayer and fasting? Well, Matthew chapter 6 said, when you pray, when you fast. So Jesus is assuming that we will do it. But, you know, when we fast, uh, we we are not fasting to change God's mind, or, uh, change God's will. We're just denying our flesh food for a time that we can separate ourselves and seek the Lord. And uh, it's not easy to do that, you know. You know, you don't want to start out fasting five days or three days or whatever. Maybe you can start out small. Maybe you can start out just one meal a day. uh, And then you can work your way up from that. But the Bible also says, you know, when you fast, you shouldn't go around with a you know, a sad face and tell everybody you fasting and everything, you know, your heavenly father sees in secret, you know, he will reward you openly. So he knows that you're fasting. So you haven't got to really tell everybody you're doing it because he said, if you do, you've lost your reward. So you want to keep it very private. What do you do with your, with your fasting, with your fasting? And also, um, you are, you are praying to see God. You're praying that, Okay, your flesh is going to want to eat for sure, but at the end of the day, it's going to draw you closer to Christ, and that's what you want. You want to get closer to Him, and and fasting can do it. So when you mix, when you mix prayer with it, then you really have power. I mean, you really have, uh, they go hand in hand, really, prayer and fasting. But you can really tell the difference, even in your spiritual life, in your spiritual walk, when you pray and fast when you mix them both together. And you know, fasting is, is like I said, you, know, you want God's will no matter what, but I tell you, uh, our flesh is just, you know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, right? So you, your flesh is not gonna wanna do it, that's for sure. But the rewards are great. If you would do that, and if you will pray, you will find a difference in your whole Christian life. You can see the difference. Well, how has God use fasting in your life to maybe shape you, mold you, guide you, answer prayers? How has he used that spiritual discipline for you as a leader? Fasting for me is like, you know, like denying myself, but you know, he's taught me a lot about depending upon him and 
trusting him all the way and and to, and, and to seek him through prayer and fasting and also be willing to accept his will uh, you know I, I pray you know he's God and I'm not so I'm not trying to fast and pray to get my way or get my will done you know Jesus said not my will your will be done but if you would do that if you do fast and pray you'll find out that you'll be much stronger uh, spiritually even your teaching will change your preaching will change because you've sought the Lord and he's filled you with you know his power his wisdom he will affect how you uh, do ministry so you know do it you know uh, on a regular basis but don't you know sound a trumpet just do it between this this fasting is between you and God and nobody else really and no one else has to even know that you're fasting but you know when I fast and I pray for God's will whatever his will is I just accept it I don't try to fast more to try to change his will I don't want to keep fasting to try to change his will I just say I'm gonna fast and I'm gonna accept whatever his will is you know, whether I, I mean, I have different views, but God knows best. So whatever his will is, it's what it is. I can go with it. Now, Nehemiah was fasting and he was praying about a burden, about a situation, about walls being broken down. That was his first response. How, is, how important is it for leaders to incorporate fasting as a strategy? So, for example, uh, every time I teach a new book or something like that, I usually fast and pray for a season before I get into another book or a new season or a big decision. How, do, how is it important for leaders to start incorporating fasting when it comes to burdens and problems? Well, you, when you pray and you fast, I think, I think God draws closer to you and you draw closer to him. And you're able to hear his voice more clearly, and he can direct you more, more clearly. And as a leader, we we teach on it, but many times we don't do it, but we should. Because you'll find out when you do, you'll be blessed. And you know, Jesus wants to bless your ministry. He wants to bless you. And he wants you to draw close to him so he can direct you. And to, you know, the flesh is is very powerful. That's why the Bible said we should walk in the Spirit, you know. But the flesh is very powerful. But you're going to have to just deny yourself and do it. But I tell you, if it's very rewarding, you'll find out. It will affect the way you, you minister. What practical steps or encouragement do you have who has never fasted before for them to start? What are some things that they could think about, whether it be like you said a little bit, don't fast for five, start for five days. Or well, what encouragement are some practical things that you can give to people that, have, that want to now start fasting or try it? Yeah, I would just say just start. You have to start someplace. Just start small, like I said. You know, if it's only one meal, if, you know, if you want to do a day, that's fine. But just start small and you can work your way up from there. And if you never tried it, you know, give it a try. 
You know, people have been fasting for years and uh, it hasn't hurt them. They always come out stronger. So if you haven't done it, just give it a try. You'll be blessed. Yeah, and even if it's not natural for you and hard, it definitely is worth it as we talked about. Let me ask you this though. Fasting is hard for a lot of people, but what is the most, I guess, hardest spiritual discipline for you to practice? For some people, it's Bible reading. Some people, it's prayer. Some people, they don't like singing, and they have to actually do it by faith, right? A sacrifice of praise. What's a what's a spiritual discipline that you've had a hard time with that is hard for you, even though uh, you do it, even though it's hard for you? Fasting is probably the one. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the hard one for you. That's the hardest one to fast, because you know you know before the pandemic hit, you know every time you go to somebody's house, man, they're bringing out apple pie and ice cream and coffee and all that, and everywhere you go, people want to offer you food, you know, and uh, it's hard to be on a fast when you go to a potluck or something and people got all this fried chicken and man, you say, man, I want to fast, I want to eat some of that chicken so bad, it smells so good, but I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. You just say, no, thank you. You don't tell people, well, you know, I'm fat. You don't tell people that. But but that's probably been the hardest thing for me is to uh, is, is to fast because, uh, you know, I, I like good food. I'm just going to be honest. I like good food, and uh, and I eat good food every day. But sometimes when the Lord said fast, I'm thinking, oh, wow, this is going to be hard. And it is hard because I can – if I if I go all day and don't eat, I can I can feel my stomach growling, man. It's like you want some food, but I denied it. I just keep on going, and uh, you know it's it's very beneficial. So, well, let's talk about that in your life. Was there a time when you fasted and prayed, and God God did something really cool? Answered a prayer that you were fasting over, and actually rewarded, or you just came at him and you're like wow that was that was strong what's a what's a cool story we can maybe end on or stories that they have from doing something that was hard obviously fasting but yet it was definitely worth it yeah my you know my wife and i we was praying about our food situation when we first moved to washington state we didn't know anybody so um, i didn't have a job so we only had two meals left in the whole refrigerator we only had two chickens in there and i I was looking for work all day and came home and my wife had given away one of those chickens to somebody in the church. I only had one chicken then. I'm thinking, uh oh, if it's, it's a time to fast, we're gonna have to fast now, whether we like it or not. <laughs> so and and, and God uh, uh we, we went on uh, this fast, you know, my wife and I, you know, and uh, we didn't we didn't ever make our needs known to anybody, you know, but uh the next day we wake up and our front porch was just full of all of this food, all over the front porch, all over the steps, there's sacks and sacks and sacks of food. And then I had a guy knock on my door and he says, um, I have a $3,000 check and I was trying to give it to this pastor in Oregon and I can't find him. So God said, give it to you and give me $3,000. <laughs> and I'm thinking, wow, that's never happened before. Nobody never gave me $3,000. Okay, man, great. But but I think there's a result. There was a result of just prayer and fasting, seeking God. But because uh, it's pretty, it was pretty scary for us when you only got one meal left, and you no money, 
and no gas in your car and no no job i mean you know uh, it, it was it was it was a time to trust god but when i got that phone call when i did get uh when i did get hired then things boy it's just i was so i was so glad to get that job when i left california i was making 1250 an hour i got the job out here in washington state it was 606 they started me out at six dollars and six cents an hour and uh you know we were just thankful to get that and and that's how it happened we just i don't know maybe god had to take us through that so we can encourage other people i don't know but um it definitely was not easy, but God brought us through. And God will bring you through as you seek him through prayer and fasting. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's Leadership Lessons podcast. For more content, you can visit eeleaders.com and follow us on social media at EE Leaders.